Proverbs, uh, excuse me, John 11 and verse 40, Jesus is about ready to raise a man from the dead. And this man has been dead four days. They wrapped him in linen cloth. They put him in a tomb. He's been dead. His body started to decompose. And, uh, but Jesus was there. And Mary and Martha, the, the sisters of this man who had passed away, they were sad. They were wondering why the Lord didn't come three to four days ago and heal him. And they're a little bit confused. And they're saying, and then Jesus says, I'll roll away the stone. And I think Mary said, oh, Lord, by this time, he don't smell real good. Decomposition has set in. And uh, the Lord, they're like, Lord, what are you going to do? Well, sometimes Jesus does interesting things. Like Carla said, you know, you may have seen some strange things in church today. And you may see strange things in, in church next week. But that meeting, Carla, that you were talking about, where the paralyzed man was let down through the roof, and he was totally healed of a paralytic condition, picked up his bed and walked out. All the people that were watching said, in this church service, they said, we've seen strange things today. <laughs> strange is not always bad. Strange can be really, really good. How many think we should have some strange meetings like that, where somebody floats out of a wheelchair and is healed in midair? Or... or or the glory of God fills the room and we can't even stand the minister. Or, you know, a rushing mighty wind fills the whole house. Strange can be really, really good. It just means we haven't experienced it yet, but if we've got scripture for it. We're open to it. And so John, he's, he's standing here at the tomb of Lazarus. And Jesus said unto the sister of Lazarus who had passed away. Jesus said, didn't I say unto you? See, he taught this many times. He said, didn't I tell you? That if you would believe, you would see something. So if we want to see something, we got to work on the unseen. Most people are working on the seen. I got this problem. I got to work on this problem. I got to do something with this problem. I got no, really. If you want the seen to change, you got to deal with unseen stuff. Faith. Okay, let me, let me quote you this scripture. great scripture. Hebrews chapter 11 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds uh, were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. They were made, but they were made by invisible things. So what we got to do is we got to quit thinking the visible problem is the problem. It's a root of an invisible situation that we need to deal with at times. Right? God created the worlds with words and faith. Those are unseen things. And God is not seen to our physical eyes as far as His person. We see Him in creation easily. But if you want things to change out here, Jesus said, if you want to see a change out here, something's got to happen in here. With the heart... Man believeth, the Bible says. With the heart, man. And so Jesus said, if you believe, guys, you're going to see the glory of God. And what he was saying is you're going to see a manifestation of the power of God in the earth realm that's going to raise your brother from the dead. So glory includes miracles, healings, deliverance. And if we want to see greater glory, come on, here's one of the things. I'm not saying this is everything, but one of the things we need to think about is this word believe. I know for many years of my life, many, many years, I thought I knew what faith was. And I teach faith. I go to Faith Heights Church. 
But I'm realizing I had a lot to learn. And I've been teaching these things for 31 years, every week, multiple times a week. Do you realize saying the words, I believe God, does not mean you believe God. It's deeper than that. We can say anything we choose to say, and it can come from our head, it can come from memorization, or it can come from our spirit man. And I found out 35 years ago that faith was way more than what I thought it was. I thought mentally ascending to something was faith until I realized mental ascent is spelled different than (laughs) F-A-I-T-H. I thought thought for years of my life that hoping for something was faith, but then I realized, wait a minute, I'm only hope. If hope was faith, they'd be spelled the same. And you can't get faith results with hope only. Hope is wonderful. Are you kidding me? Faith, hope, and love, are, are these they remain forever. Praise God. The greatest of these is love. I thought wanting something or needing something real bad and having this feeling like, yeah, was faith. And I realized faith has nothing to do with feelings. Faith has nothing to do with the feeling realm. And so here, 35 years later, I'm still learning what faith is, what it isn't, how to develop it, how to release it. Why God wants us to operate in it? Faith is a big deal. I mean, I mean, I, okay. How are we saved? Let's find out. Is faith important? How are we saved? By grace, through faith. We are saved by grace through faith. You need them both. The devil wants you dividing those two. The devil is the author of division. He wants you saying the faith camp is over here and the grace camp is over here. It's the devil. It's El Diablo. Do you understand that? It's the enemy. He's the author of division. Faith, he knows if I can separate faith from grace, nobody's going to get saved. Nobody's going to get healed. Nobody's going to get delivered. Nobody's going to get protected. No no family's going to be restored. If I can separate grace from faith, that's exactly what the enemy wants. You've got to watch out about overemphasizing a Bible truth to the put-down of another Bible truth. That's when it's off, that's when it's air, and that's when you need to run <laughs> and get where you're supposed to be. But Jesus, let's just go back to this now. Jesus said, if we want to see some things change in our life, we've got to be interested in this word believing. Now, there's some things I've been believing for for 40 years that haven't materialized yet. But the Lord's quickening me says the reason it hasn't materialized yet is because you haven't been believing in some areas like maybe you could be. And he's talking to me here. I'm not saying this is for you, but for me, I know there's some areas I've just not taken, I just haven't decided to be as adamant in certain areas as other areas. And I'm okay with that. It wasn't life-threatening. Isn't it interesting how life-threatening things can cause your faith to come up real quick. I say we learn to, our, learn to get our faith up quick when it's not life-threatening. All right, so let me just explain a couple of these things. So John says, if we see, we're going to believe the glory of God. Actually, Jesus said that. So if you would, please go with me to 1 John chapter 4. And I want to specifically focus in on an area of faith, something we should be believing 
every day of our life. Something that's it's, it's not going to come naturally. It's not going to be automatic. This is an unbelieving world we live in. And if you're going to believe God every day, you're going to be like a little fish swimming upstream while all these other fish are swimming downstream. You're going to have to put forth effort. You can't just kick back and think whatever you want to think, talk however you want to talk, have an attitude like you ever want to have an attitude, of, you know, whatever I want to be, I'm going to be. You're going to have to make some changes and adjustments if you want to live in faith in this unbelieving atmosphere that's all around us. There are currents of unbelief around all of us that are so subtle that before one realizes it, they're dominating them. The more you're in the Word, the more you're keen to these things and the more you realize when you start to slip. That's why we encourage everybody in Faith Heights Church to read their chapter every day. Monday through Friday. If you want to know where we're at, you can go to the internet or you can get a card out of our, our website or you can get a card out of our bookstore. Join with us. It's, it's just a chapter a day. You think, oh, it's just a chapter a day. I think I'll read 50 chapters a day. Fine, whatever, but at least read a chapter a day. It adds up. We've read through the whole Old Testament two or three times already. The New Testament three or four times already. It adds up over the years. So here in 1 John chapter 4, let's focus our faith on one specific thing here as we're talking about. 1 John 4, 16. The Bible, John said, we have known... And what? So this tells us a couple of things. Knowing isn't believing. And knowing is not enough. Okay, we've known and believed what, John? What? See, you got, your faith is not magic. Faith is real commodity. Faith is something you really use. I mean, Paul talked about lifting up the shield of faith, using your faith, not just having faith, using your faith to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. A lot of people think faith is this passive thing. Oh, I have faith. Great. You, you may have a weapon, but if you never use it, the enemy is going to take you out. Having something is different than using it. Faith is not just something you have inside that you go, you know, I have my beliefs. Paul called faith a shield. He said, take it up. It's not enough that you have it in your closet. Take it up. Use it. Why? Because if you do, and this is another reason the devil hates faith, because if you do, you will quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Not one will get through to you. Oh, pastor, pray that the devil gives me no more problems. Well, we'll pray that you die and go to heaven because that's the only way you're not going to be shot at in this life with those fiery darts. But the good news is you can quench them right now. You may not be able to stop him from throwing depression and fear and anxiety and all these bondages your way, but you can quench that stuff if... You know what faith is if you take up the shield of faith, right? Come on, guys. We, we don't just teach on faith year after year and have the, our name Faith High Church because it's a cool saying. A cool, this is important stuff. It is impossible to please God without faith. I believe one of the reasons it is is because it's impossible to please God if we're not living in the victory faith promises. The Father loves us. So let's focus this our faith on the love of God. Known and believed the love that God has to us. Can we say that together? And just kind of say it from your inside. Say this. I believe, I believe in, the in the love of God toward me. Toward me. 
Now, if you've never believed that before, you just started believing that, and you're going to grow in that, and it's going to see you through the darkest times of your life. You're going to get victory over things the world says there's no cure for because there's nothing more powerful than believing in the love of God. Come on, when you feel washed up and you feel like you're no good anymore, you need to believe His love is greater than your mistakes. Because if you don't and you go down a road of bondage, that's not God not helping you. That's you going down a road you're not supposed to go down. People going down wrong roads is not God saying no to their prayers. People going down wrong roads is not the Lord saying, no, I don't want to help you. That's people going down wrong roads. There's, you, we can go down any road we want. We can go down Victory Road. What do you think would be on Victory Road, on the right side of the road? What do you think would be on the left side? What, what do you think is on Victory Road? Blessing, strength, joy, right? All the blessings of the Word. If you go down Victory Road, you're going to experience victory things. But you don't have to go down Victory Road. God will not violate free will. You can go any way you want. And the most amazing thing, the Lord will let you. He's even letting people go to hell. He doesn't want it. He sent His Son to prevent it. He died on the cross so we wouldn't have to. But you know what? If you don't get off the road Adam put you on, God don't have to send you to hell. You're already headed there. People have this weird idea about God sending people to hell. God gives people an option. In Adam, all die. In Christ, if you're a believer, all shall be made alive. A lot of people aren't in church today because they think God's sending people to hell. No, in Adam, all die. God didn't mess this thing up. Adam messed this thing up. And that nature in him was passed on to all men spiritually. And now you must be born again. God is good. Don't blame God. He is the closest friend you got. Right? Kenneth Hagin wrote a little mini book, Don't Blame God, because a lot of people are blaming God for things Jesus said the enemy was the author of. Boy, I can go down a bunch of side journeys right here, but let's get back to this. We need to have faith that God loves us, especially when it's dark. Especially when you feel like you've messed up too bad. This is not how the majority of the people on this planet think, and I'm sorry to say it's not how most of the church believes. Very, very small percentage of the people on this planet that I know of believe like, like we're talking right now concerning these things. You have to believe that His love is greater than the sins you've committed if you don't want to be crippled all your life because of your greatest mistake. Many people go down in life because they believe they have to, not because they have to. Faith is strong stuff. Many people go down in life because they believe. You can believe negatively, and it'll take you down a road too. Many people go down in life because they believe they have to, not because they have to. A lot of people believe that they're diagnosed with a terminal disease because they believe it's the chastening of the Lord, and it's not. What if you believe something is? Well, then that something can be attracted into you. That's why we want to occur. Faith is strong stuff. Be careful which way you're aiming your faith. It works for you. It can work against you. 
I tell people we've dealt with this for 30 some years in the church. You know, I like to tell people that, you know, if you get a bad doctor's report and they say you've got terminal cancer, stage two, stage three, stage four, or whatever, I like to tell people, listen, listen, that report is from a man. And we thank them for their diagnosis. We thank them for their, for their natural diagnosis. But that's not the final report of over your life. Isaiah said, who's believed our report? Come on, he bore our griefs, carried our sorrows. That's translated sicknesses and pains. And by his stripes, we are healed. Who believes that report? I tell people all the time, listen, the, the natural, you know, what do you call cancer? Just the, the natural diagnosis, the organic disease or whatever you want to call it. That may be real. But you know what's worse than that? Fear that it'll get worse. Do you know what fear is? It's faith in something you don't want. And that's why the Bible says over and over again, it's not an option. Fear not. Be not afraid. Let not your heart be troubled. That's in your court to not let your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. All, all through the scriptures, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Why? You know what Jesus told a man whose daughter just died? 12-year-old daughter? First thing he said to her was not only believe. The first thing he said to her was fear not, only believe. You can't jump over fear not and be in faith because if you're, if you're still in fear, you're not in faith. And one of the main reasons is this. Now don't be afraid about what I'm about ready to tell you. Don't be afraid of fear. Don't be afraid of fear, but stay out of it. And remember, you can feel scared to death and be a man of faith or a woman of faith at the same time depending on how you act and how you talk. Booey on what you feel. Feelings are fickle. They're like a roller coaster. Whoa, one day and oh, the next day. Man, if you're living by your feelings, you're going to get dizzy. <laughs> what you know and believe is way more important than what you feel. Way more important. So Job said this. Job said this, and if you read Job chapter 1, you can tell he was kind of in some fear there about his kids blaspheming God, so he's doing all these sacrifices. He's doing all these good things in fear, and it worked against him. How many of you realize you can keep your kids at a public school because of fear, and that fear actually work against you even though they're going to a private school? Listen, you don't want your kids in a public school? Fine, but never do it because you're afraid. Do it because the Spirit of God led you to. Do it because you believe it's the best thing for your kids. Oh, I know. I got to get a gun. I got to get a gun. All these shootings and all these terrorists and all these things. I got to get a gun. Get a gun. Fine. Get a gun. But if you do it out of fear, you're opening the door to something you might need that gun for. Get it because the Spirit of God led you to get it. Get it because you like guns. Whatever. But don't get it because you're afraid. Job did good things for his children with all these sacrifices because he was afraid they might have cursed God in their hearts in their party last night. He did good things in fear and it worked against him. And then Job chapter 3, you know what Job said? He said the thing, and I mean his kids died. His business was ripped off. I mean the Sabaeans came down, and the storms, and the tornadoes. And he's like the wealthiest man in the east, and now he's like the poorest man on the planet. And sick, and he's got boils all over his body. And his wife says, Job, why do you retain your integrity? Curse God and die. Everybody says, that's not the kind of wife I want. <laughs> Your wife's curse. She, she's just like, she's fed up. She's like, we had all this, now we have nothing. Curse God and die. 
Job said, no, you're a foolish woman. So he stayed with the Lord, made a few mistakes, right? You don't hear much about his wife after that, but... <laughs> but Job said these words. Job chapter 3. Job said, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me. And that which I was afraid of has happened unto me. There it is. Thank you. So you can see I didn't just make this up. Job said, for the thing which I greatly feared, the thing he's talking about, he lost it all except his physical life. He said, the thing I great, this is, gives us revelation of how we can open the door. Now notice he said greatly fear. So that, that means he lived in this probably month after month, year after year. You know, you can be afraid all your life of something bad happening to your kids. That's something that you need to take that very serious and start and say, I'm not going to be afraid. I may feel afraid, but I'm not afraid. And start quoting scriptures over your kids. My children will be powerful on the earth. My generation of the upright is going to be blessed. Great shall be the peace of my children. They're going to love God, serve Him all the days of their life. They're going to prophesy in these end times. They're going to speak the word of the Lord. Job said, the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and that which I was afraid of is come unto me. So, what should we do when it comes to fear? Stop it. You may not be able to stop the feelings in, in today or tomorrow, but you can stop the talking and you can stop the acting. Come on, remember, courage is, is not the absence of, of fear. Courage is feeling scared to death, but saddling up anyway and going out toward that thing you've got to go toward. Right, church? Say this, I, I refuse to fear. Now, now, Paul said that fear at times is a spirit. And you might not have to put your foot down and say, I resist the spirit of fear in Jesus' name. God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I hope you're using the scriptures and not just reading them. Church, are you using the scriptures? See, the Bible says faith is a shield, and the Bible also says the Word of God is a sword. You don't just have a sword. You pull it out, and you use it, like Jesus, and say, it is written when the enemy comes against you, when doubt comes against you, when fear comes against you. You have to pull out the sword and say, it is written. Come on, if the Son of God had to do that, we're going to have to do some of these things. He's our example. I've been doing these things for 35 years and we have seen victory over life-threatening things, uh, situations and physical things, sickness things, uh, crazy people that are wanting to kill my wife and cut her up and, and just, just weird stuff, phone calls. and all. We have overcome, we have seen victory and protection and deliverance of our life over and over and over and over and over again. Mental, emotional, financial, marriage, family. And that's why I'm a little wild. Come on, you, you still here after what we've been through? And thank the Lord for medication. We didn't have to take any. We've, we've been through things just in our marriage that people are on heavy medication for. Many people don't make it through some of the things that have come our way. A lot of it was my stupid, dumb mistakes. But we made it. And one of the reasons we made it is because faith in God works. And it's powerful stuff. And being filled with the Spirit and living a Spirit-filled life works. Just living a Spirit-filled life helps you to comprehend things on a supernatural level instead of just this natural remedy level. <sighs> Go back to 1 John, please, 4.16. There's really a lot of 
things we could be saying today. I want to stay right on track here. We're almost done. Look at 1 John 4, 16. We have known and believed the love that God has to us. Have you ever leaned on the love of God when you felt like you weren't worthy to receive a healing and stayed in rest and peace anyway because you believed in the love? Okay, so this is what we want to finish up with today, okay? Last week, we talked about knowing isn't believing to a degree. This week, we wanted to just get this deep into our, our, our heart. Is, uh, it's in question form. What road are you on? And right under that, I want to say this. Worry is a road that you don't see the blessings of God on. God is love. Do you see that there? God is love. Got that? God is love. And we believe in that love. So we believe in Him. But we're not just believing in God. We're believing in God who is love. Who loves us more than we've ever loved our children. Wants good things for us more than we've ever wanted good things for our children. He cares about us affectionately. We're called His dear children. And if He gave you Jesus while you were a sinner doing your own thing, why would he withhold anything else now that you're his dear child? Do you ever think about it? Well, I won't say that. That's, that's a little deep for a Sunday morning. Um, now go to one more scripture, please. Go to Psalm, actually, no, for time's sake, go to Hebrews 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Now, worry is a way. And we don't want to go that way. We don't want to go the worry way. What are we going to do if we're not going to worry? Uh, we're going to trust God. Believe His word's true. How about, how about this? Let's just believe God didn't lie. Anybody want to join the club? We're, we're the club that says God didn't lie club. <laughs> let's, just, let's just act on the word like God didn't lie. Let's smile like He didn't lie. Let's praise like He didn't lie. If He says we're more than conquerors, I don't care what we feel like. We're more than conquerors. Praise the Lord. Let's get off the worry route, church. I don't... Now, I'm going to say somebody else said this so that you don't think I'm mean. <laughs> I don't think the person that said this was mean. I think they're very, very legitimate. Gloria Copeland said, worry is a sin. And then I thought, well, I need more than Gloria Copeland. I need scripture for that if I'm really going to believe it. When's the last time you repented for worrying? You don't want unrepented worries going out into your future. You know what I mean? I mean, if you did something, acknowledge it. Be honest about it. And then you can walk out of it. If you're pretending, then you don't even know where the door is. Right. Right. So she said, worry is a sin. I thought, wow, I don't like to hear that, but I could tell it was coming from heaven. I knew it was coming from above. Well, you've got to get off the worry road and start trusting in the love of God more. Because Satan wants you worried because worry is a slap in the face of God. Why worry if God's love? Why worry if He's your Father? Why worry if He's greater than all? My Father is greater than all. Right? Greater than all these things. Why worry if God loves you? Let me tell you why people worry. You ready? Because of all the attacks that this atmosphere, all these adverse forces that are around us and the enemy and, and, and even people that are yielding to the enemy, all these thoughts and all these things and all this stuff is coming forth today. It, it's conducive with everything but 
God loves you and you're going to make it. Okay, let me quote the scripture. We are more than conquerors through him that loves us. He must want us focusing on the him that loves us part, or why say it? There's no period, there's no comma, there's no colon. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. So let's look at it this way. Think about the loved us part. You ready? To think you might not make it through is to doubt his love for you. I ain't going to doubt his love for me. To think you might not make it through is to doubt his love for you. To think you might not make it through is to doubt his love for you. I say we put our foot down and say, "Uh uh-uh. No, I'm dumb. I'm, I'm done doubting. I don't care if, I'm, if I messed up. I know I'm not perfect. I'm gonna move. God's going to get me out of this thing. And guilt and condemnation and a sense of unworthiness and a sense of lack of faith is not going to keep me from getting the victory because He loves me. And you enter into this bubble of rest. He becomes your shield in the midst of the storm. You start realizing it doesn't matter. I don't have to try to get the victory. His love already gave me the victory. And I am more than a conqueror because I'm perfect. I'm more than a conqueror because I have great faith. Um, No, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Through him that loved us. The more you realize how much God loves you, the more you're going to rebuke what Jesus rebuked, talk like he talked, and act like he acted. You know why a lot of people aren't rebuking disease today? They need to get a greater revelation that your heavenly father hates that stuff, especially when it comes to hurting his kids. Oh, brother. Brother, brother, brother. You have to get back and listen. They're all free archives, brother. You can go on the, you can go on the internet. It's all free. You don't have to pay a dime. You can download it. I realize this, that the more we realize God loves us, the more ridiculous it is to think He wants you going down. The more ridiculous it is to think you're not going to make it through. The more you know He loves you, the more you're like Him. Because He knew the Father loved Him. He prayed that we would know that love like He knew that love. You know one of the reasons He rebuked a fever? Because He knew the love of God didn't want that. And He rebuked that fever, and the fever heard Him. And the fever in Peter's mother-in-law left her. And she was totally healed, rose up and served. Healed to serve. Everybody say, healed to serve. Healed healed to watch TV. No, I mean, healed to serve. Healed to serve the inner. No, healed to serve the Lord. Right? Man, if you want healing for that reason, get ready. Hebrews 12, verses 12 and 13. Hebrews 12, verses 12 and 13. Wherefore, now he's talking about your insides here, even though he mentions parts of your body, and he's talking about your attitude. Listen, he said, Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down. What? So, in other words, here's a picture of a guy like this, right? He says, Lift up the hands which hang down. Now, notice, notice, in the feeble knees. He's talking about an attitude here. If you read the whole context, he's talking about somebody on the inside who's down. Right. Are you listening? He's talking about somebody. He said, make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. I thought it was so interesting. When I read this scripture, I thought there's a, the word way stuck out to me. 
the word way. Worry is a way. It's a way you can go by choice. You can go the worry way. What happens if we go the worry way? All right. If worry is a way, then faith must be a way. Right? What's the, what should be our attitude? Lord, your word's true. We love you. We praise you. You didn't lie to me. What's that going to do? That's going to lift you up. That's going to help solve some of the greatest problems in your life. You know, the greatest problems are spiritual. The greatest problems, a lot of people can't see. Attitudes. <laughs> Actually, now, this is a little meaty for a Sunday morning, but let me, we were in camp meeting last week, like I said, in Summerlin, Nevada, and Mark Hankins, Pastor Mark Hankins, shared a scripture out of Matthew 17, and he said that when the disciples could not get the boy cured from his uh, foaming at the mouth and falling in the fire and falling in the water and having these fits, and it's real interesting because Jesus said, he said, the, the man said, I brought my son to your disciples, Jesus, and they could not cure him. And it's interesting what Jesus didn't say. A lot of people think Jesus is somebody that he's really not. Most people think Jesus would have said, oh, well, yeah, well, that was just the disciples. I mean, you got to bring them to me because I'm the only one that can do this. I mean, this is a, this is a big demon, okay? i, I got to take care of this one. And so... The Lord didn't say that by any means. He said, Oh, faithless generation. Now, what did we, we read during the offering? Right? People are poor because they don't like to receive corrections. Don't like to, we, maybe there's other problems in our life because we refuse to receive correction. Uh, there's some of the things I learned that I meant I had to change 180 degrees when I realized some of these things that I did not believe a lot of things I'm telling you when I first heard them. I thought, no way. No, no way is the Lord like that. Well, how are you going to know what the Lord's like unless you find out from the Bible what He's like? Right. So Jesus, in this situation where a man is in tears, his son is falling in the fire, falling in the water, having some kind of epileptic fits, and he's, he's in trouble, and, and they bring him to him, and they, he says, Lord, help me, help my son. And the Lord says, Oh, faithless and perverse generation. Now, faithless would have been bad enough. Then he said, perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? And how long shall I put up with you? Bring him to me. Now, he wouldn't have upbraided them if they couldn't have done something about this situation. So, he, he sets the boy completely free, totally delivered, no more, no more epileptic fits, 100% free. And the disciples said, Lord, why couldn't we do that? And the Lord did not say, well, because only I can do that. The Lord didn't say, uh, because it's the mysterious will of God that you didn't get results as you, when you prayed. He's real clear. You ready? He said, because of your unbelief. Man, when I read that, when I started realizing these things. Now, if you're feeling corrected today, welcome. We're also the correction club. Okay? <laughs> Or also the, hey, it's okay to be corrected club. I'm telling you, some of these things had to straighten out. I wouldn't even be physically alive today if I hadn't learned some of the things I'm talking to you about. Right? Daniel wouldn't be either. A lot of you wouldn't be physically alive, wouldn't be married. All kinds of problems would have occurred. And, and, and again, the name of the game is not, wow, who's getting victory and who's not. We're for one another. I've fallen. People have helped me up. Maybe you're down. We want to help you up. You're going to make it through. Things are going to get better. God didn't lie. Faith in God works. Yes. 
I told you, I think it was last week, I've still got some things I'm believing for in my body that aren't lined up with wholeness yet. But you know what? I just decided I'm just not going to quit. Even if I'm a little slow. And, and again, the body is not the biggest deal. And we're not teaching these things because we're afraid to die. Right? We're not teaching healing and deliverance because we're afraid to die. Are you kidding me? To depart and be with Christ is far better. We're not afraid to die. But there's, there's hope in the earth, church. There's hope. There's things that God has provided. Let's just keep learning. Let's keep studying. Let's keep moving deeper in the scriptures in these areas. And let's keep believing with one another. For I mean, there's a lot of you right now. If I ask for a show of hands, a lot of you probably say, there's something in my body that's not right that I'd like to be fixed. Well, let's just believe together that we're all coming up. We're all moving forward. Whatever's in the way, we're going to believe for God to help us to get it fixed. Whatever's causing you pain, whatever's causing you, let's just keep believing. Let's don't quit. Let's, let's have mutual faith in this church. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Let's believe for one another. Let's stand for one another. Sometimes people come up to me and say, Pastor, should I, should I trust God for my healing or should I go to the hospital? Go to the hospital. Oh my gosh, if you have to ask, go at the level of faith you're really at, not where you hoped to be. Because God can work through hospitals. God can work through medicine. God can work through all kinds of situations and things. Should I, should I trust God or go to the hospital? You better trust God if you go to the hospital. Are you kidding me? They may poke you with the wrong thing, man. In the wrong place. With the wrong stuff. You better be believing God. You don't leave your faith. At all. God, you know what? Jesus one time told Brother Hagin in a vision. You don't have to believe this, but I do because I've, I've studied under this ministry a long time. But Jesus appeared to Brother Hagin one time and said, you know what? If, if for people that are growing in faith, people that, you know, wish they were here, but really they're, they're still, you know, believing at this level. He said, he said, son, if my people, Jesus said to Brother Hagin, if my people would just ask me to speed up the natural healing process, I'd do that. He said, well, that's not a spectacular divine healing. Hey, it works. Did you know there's such a thing as healing by degree? Do you know a lot of little bit betters every week equals total victory a couple years from now? A lot of little bit betters equals total victory. Sometimes people need to break the vision down to smaller pieces and quit trying to believe for this spectacular thing and just say, you know what? I'm believing that tomorrow I'm going to feel a little bit better than I feel today. And what happens tomorrow when you feel a little bit better? You want a party? Faith works. Glory to God. I got results. It stirs you up. And it leads you on the heart. Now I'm believing tomorrow I'm going to be a little bit more better than I was today. Or whatever it is. If it's a back pain or a movement thing. What if you just believed a little bit every day according to the scriptures. By his stripes she were healed. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. What if you just believe a little bit better every day? A lot a little bit better is equal a lot better few weeks, few months, and even years from now. You better stand up or I'll keep going. So I've always got next Sunday, right?